Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus with producer Sanaa Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. Hello, it's the Verbally Effective Podcast. Um, Ana Esco, double A. Um, thank you. This is Kel Dwight. Tune in. This is Cynthia Daniels, Chief Event Strategist of Cynthia Daniels and Company, and I'm on Verbally Effective Podcast with Ana Esco. Respectfully, allow me to introduce to you native Memphian and proud Memphis City Schools graduate, Mrs. Angela Janelle Jones a graduate of Xavier University of Louisiana with a bachelor's in English, a master's in education from Union University, and currently a doctor of education candidate at the University of Memphis, Angela is a stellar individual personally and professionally. In 2013, she took a leap of faith to start her own family preparatory academy, Padilla Preparatory Academy. Prior to her entrepreneur journey, Mrs. Jones was the special projects manager for a local Smithsonian affiliate museum of five years. She effortlessly stepped into her calling as a practitioner of early childhood education. Mrs. Jones' people-person attitude and her ability to leverage relationships has afforded her the opportunity to offer her preschoolers a rich and competitive early childhood education. She has been an inspiration to not only her students and families, but to other early educators locally, statewide, and internationally. Verbally effective, your double E, Ina Esco. Hope you guys are doing well as we are all coping through this COVID-19. And today I have with me a beautiful lady that I actually recently met in person at the Heroin Legacy Brunch. Her name is Angela Jones. She is the owner of the Padilla Preparatory Academy. She's the author of The Art of Family Child Care. And also, she is on the Advising Council for Early Childhood Development at the University of Memphis. I have Angela Jones. How are you, lady? Hey, Ina. How's it going? Girl, it's going. We coping in these COVID streets. How are you doing today? I am doing as best I can be doing during these times that we are facing as a nation. Yes, look, as a world, right? Like a world, a world. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. So other than that, I am doing fine. I, it wouldn't do me any good to complain anyway. That's true. That's true. That's true. I mean, it's, I think it's a time for reflection as well, since, you know, we're all in the house with self-quarantine. It's a time to, you know, get closer to your family and the people that matter most, I think. Definitely. Definitely. A time for reflection, self-rejuvenation, 
and to just think about those goals and dreams and things that you would like to execute. God has given us time to, hey, work on ourselves and do those wonderful things and, hey, execute those gifts. Yes, now, because I know I've been seeing you doing a lot of executing lately. We are going to get into that on the Verbally Effective Podcast, but I'm starting at the beginning. Angela, what part of Memphis are you from? Ina, I am from East Memphis, okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I grew up in East Memphis, um, proud graduate of Kirby High School, class of 01. I was senior class president, hey. so hate all the cougars out there, but yes. East Memphis. Wow. So how was it growing up in East Memphis? Are you an only child? Do you have siblings? I am an only child. So growing up, I used to long to have a, I used to always want a big brother, believe it or not. I don't know what it was about having a big brother. Maybe it was because I had a lot of older male cousins, first cousins, but I used to always want a big brother. But I weathered the storm. I had plenty of cousins to play with, but yes, I'm an only child. Wow. And you graduated from Kirby. So what were you involved in at Kirby? Oh, at Kirby, let's see the good old days. I was senior class president. Um, I was on the track team for just a short period of time. I thought I wanted to run track. Um, <laughs> I the cheerleading squad. Uh, let's see, what else? A part of the yearbook staff. So I would consider myself to be an active person in high school. Wow, you were very involved, Angela, I see. Very involved. Okay. Yes, I still miss those days. I still often think of that. I mean, when I get a chance to catch up with old high school classmates, um, yeah. those were definitely the good old days yes definitely the good old days now what did you did, what did you decide to do after you graduated from Kirby what did you have your mind set on um so when I graduated from Kirby I went to uh New Orleans which is where I attended Xavier University yes. um so I'm a proud Xavier um loved New Orleans so I spent those four years there uh graduating and then I returned home to Memphis wow what did you major in well, I David, I majored in English. So there is a funny story to that. When I first originally went to Xavier, uh, my mom thought that I was going to be this pharmacist. And in fact, <laughs> I worked in the pharmacy at Walgreens during my time in high school. But when I got to Xavier, that was not the game plan. And I actually ended up majoring in English. She was so upset at the time, wow. but needless to say, um, I finished and got my degree in English and went on to receive my Master's of Art in Education back here at home through Union University. Wow. I bet Mama is proud today, though, right? I know she's proud. She's proud. She's proud now, but she'll still tell people that story of you know, the whole pharmacy story. Um, but yeah, she's proud now, and she's even more proud that I'm pursuing my doctorate of education at the University of Memphis. Wow, you are on the go, Angela, doing big, big things. And I was reading over your bio, and I noticed that you spent some time um, in special projects for the Smithsonian. Can you tell me about that? Yes, so I worked for a Smithsonian Affiliate Museum um, here in Memphis, 
And I landed that job directly out of, well, I hadn't even graduated graduate school yet um, mm. when I started in that position. And it really was my first, I would say, career job, um, graduating from undergrad, being in graduate school. And that position granted me so many wonderful opportunities um, in the realm of, you know, gaining that professional development experience. Mm -hmm. And so I do accredit it to the stepping stone into my journey of entrepreneurship. And I think back on my time there as well. Um, But yes, I was in that career for about five years before I actually decided to step out into doing my own business. Wow. I mean, you know, just reading the Smithsonian, it like really stuck out (laughs) at me when I was reading over your bio. So what exactly did you do? Could you give me like some of the details of your special projects work with the Smithsonian? Yes. So, in fact, I was responsible for planning a lot of the educational professional development training for teachers that wanted to implement museum studies into their classrooms, as well as scheduling um, any type of educational field trips for school groups. And the special project aspect of the job um, included me being the special events manager where I was able to oversee special events pertaining to companies, um, anyone that wanted to host maybe a private function there at the museum, as well as having the opportunity to work with A-list celebrities such as Justin Timberlake, Jermaine Dupree, mm. Kay Michelle. So okay. it had moments of those times where I got a chance to rub a little elbows as well. Wow. You know, I know you made lasting relationships over there at the Smithsonian, so... <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's great to be able to utilize some of those um, favors <laughs> that you did yes. years ago and still running into some people that you had an opportunity to network with and, yes, build those professional relationships. Yes, it has definitely been able to translate over into my business now that I have. Wow. Now, speaking of the business that you have now, um, and I know that you put a lot of time and effort into your education and career choices and you've started you know your own Padilla Preparatory Academy so let me ask you this first why childhood development? Wow childhood development um, has always been on my radar Um, it is always I've always wanted to open a child care business and I think I first started thinking about it honestly toward the end of my undergraduate career um and just to take a step back I have um I always say and I let it be known that I originally applied to attend law school let me just say I did not become an attorney Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so when it was time for me to start thinking about a plan b uh, education and the love that I've always had for children and babies started to develop a little bit. And so I was like, what about a daycare? And initially, my mom was just like, no, I don't I don't know about that because of the liability that's associated with it. Mm-hmm. But I would always find myself venturing back to education, education. And even though I thoroughly enjoyed my five years at the museum, I got to a point where during my downtime, I would find myself researching any and everything about childcare. Mm-hmm. 
I was in grad school, um, and this actually wanting to open a child care is what kind of guided my direction of wanting to do a graduate degree in education. And it was at that time that I started to really formulate my ideas about, you know, what I would like to see in an early childhood program. And so from having just a love for children and then formally receiving their education, when I coupled those together, that's when my vision started to really take off for my dreams and aspirations of wanting to open a child care program. Wow. Now, I know that you are the founder of Padea Preparatory Academy. Now, what sets your academy apart from the rest? PPA um, is a family child care program licensed through the Department of Human Services. But I always like to say what sets PPA apart is the fact that I like for children to receive an experience, an experience like no other. And I think it's been very important for children to be nurtured, for children to be able to develop and maintain a trustworthy relationship with whom they're care provider is their teacher and so I like for PPA to create create those experiences not only for the parent but also for the children and for parents to be able to know that while you are off at work or wherever you have to be during the day that you have a peace of mind for where your child is throughout the day and I always let my parents know and even my prospective parents know I do not take for granted the role that I play in your child's life. These are the most formative years, and I would like to play an intricate and intentional part in how those years are developed. Mm-hmm. So PTA um, creates an experience, I would like to say, like no other from the care that the children receive, from the learning that they receive, as well as from the culinary experience that they receive. Wow. And I noticed that they are involved and, you know, really exposed to a lot of activities that I just don't see in, I would say, the public school system. So could you tell us about some of those? Sure. So a part of that experience includes me um, doing some activities that you would not generally see preschool children doing, which that includes dissecting. Um, actually, in going back to building those relationships, I do have a medical professional that she comes in and she conducts the dissecting with my preschoolers. She and I met at Kirby um, in high school, and her career path has led her into the medical field. Um, as a nurse practitioner. So she comes in and she does dissecting um, with my students. So dissecting is one aspect. Um, video recording Skype calls that we do. Uh, we have a relationship with a preschool in Tanzania, East Africa. Yeah. So the children are pen pal partners with those preschool students. And so we do things as far as Skype calls. Um, we do, we send books, we send Dr. Seuss books and learning materials to those students. And in return, they share their appreciation by drawing pictures and sending those pictures to the PPA students. And so the children also get an opportunity to host a Paideia Christmas every year um, where they're able to become a part of the arts and Mm -hmm. be able to practice that public speaking, be able to fight that fear of stage fright. 
So I try to make sure that I give them a well-rounded experience to get their education off to a great creative start. Yes, I definitely can tell. And you know what, with all of us being self-quarantined lately, there is definitely a new appreciation for teachers. I mean, like, even with myself, like, girl. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) I have spoken to my parents, and I was just talking to one parent on yesterday, and she was like, how do you do this? with the students through Skype or technology or are they you know just you're feeding them their assignments and there's follow-up involved so actually as a family child care I'm the primary educator so that person would be me okay <laughs> and my mom who is my mom who is a retired educator who she assists me with the students but with the children okay. but um, as of right now what I have been doing has been making sure that I'm in contact with parents via email and providing them resources that I use with the children throughout the day that mm-hmm. they can also implement at home. In fact, I actually just sent an email, an updated email out this morning, um, giving them some resources and some tools that they can use. And I always get something back saying, but I can't teach it like you. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't have their attention <laughs> like you have their attention. And so there's still those things that, so then, you know, you have to take a step further and letting parents know, you know, different tricks and things that they can try um, with attention span because that's very important, too. And as I see, a lot of young children are being placed on the tablets. And so I've also tried to make sure that my parents understand the tablets are there, but let's make sure we're keeping that hands-on component, Mm -hmm. especially for early learners. Yes, yes. Uh, You know, making that hands-on engagement, that keeping that communication going and not just, you know, placing them with the tablet and thinking that that's enough during mm-hmm. this time. Uh, the children really are needing to stay active um, with their hands and being intentional about, you know, how you're executing the, the activity. So I've been doing things via FaceTime, um, Google Duo, as well as email, just making sure that they aren't abreast of the different tools and resources that I use throughout the day. Yeah, you know what, I have a six-year-old here at the house, and like you just mentioned, you know, the parent may say, well, I don't have his attention like you, because, you know, I've, like, gone to my child's school for meetings or programs, and it's something about a teacher's, um, uh, I don't know if it's their demeanor, or they can, like, three, two, one, everybody quiet, like, whoa, (laughs) I can't three, two, one, Eli Cole. I cannot. So, yeah, right. uh, I mean, it's different, right? 
Yeah, teachers, educators, we can believe it or not, we can have that special touch, um, that special way of saying things. And, you know, and I think this, it, it all goes back to when you think about, you know, I can't get their attention like you can. But I even think that still that goes to show the, the relationship mm-hmm. um, that has been developed and that has been created among children and, and some of their teachers. Yes, and the I know you know this, but the students miss you guys too. They miss their teacher. They oh wow. <laughs> yes, and it's so it's so touching when you receive a video from a four year old and she's telling you, "I love you, Miss Angela, and Aww. I miss you." So it is very very touching, and you know you really you, you you look at it now and you're like some of the things that you were taking for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, it just. You know, it's right about now this time is really teaching you. And so there are some things that even, you know, once this is all said and done and life returns to normal, um, there are some things with my students that I'm just thinking about now that, you know, I'm just like, wow, like I can't wait to implement this. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to do this. And different ways of communicating, just moving forward. Um, it, it's definitely a time to reflect. Definitely. I know that, you know, right now with us being here, we're learning so many new and creative ways to move forward. I know I am uh, just with podcasting, but since we have COVID-19 in effect now, you've talked a lot about how your journey uh, professionally has changed. What about personally, Angela? Like what has changed in your life since COVID-19? Personally, um, I would say being a little bit more intentional about my time, mm-hmm. being aware of how I procrastinate on a lot of things, um, also tapping into my spirituality, relying on my faith, like really activating it even more mm-hmm. um, than before. Um, I would, you know, consider myself to be a Christian and I. And it's like, now I look at it and I'm like, God, like I thought I was talking to you, but I've really been praying and talking okay. lately. Okay. And and it is, you know, I think personally it has, you know, it's making me be aware of, you know, of course your surroundings and how you're moving, you know, in public mm-hmm. and how you're interacting with people. But what has really just touched me and made me, you know, look at Angela even more personally is just, you know, being appreciative of the most basic things in life yes, that, yes. you know, we take for granted. Like, I even being a doc student, and even though I work for myself, you still have to find that balance. Mm-hmm. And before this happening, I promise you, I would find myself complaining, saying, why can't I just be this doc student that, that takes a leave of absence from work and <laughs> doesn't have to worry about trying to juggle a, a full-time job and mm. trying to research and write and read, and I have deadlines I'm trying to submit for my book. Mm. And God forbid, no, you don't, you don't want to be dealing with COVID-19. You don't want to be seeing people losing their lives. Mm. But then when you look at it and you're like, wow, I was just complaining about not having enough time. Now, God has given me nothing but time to work on my dissertation, submit my book to the publisher. And, and And I take a moment and I think, and I'm like, wow. 
Yes, yes. I feel you, girl. You know, the things that you have complained about not having time for, and, I, and I'm speaking for myself, you know, the, the things that, that are meaning so much to me right now that I know I need to be working on, I know I need to be hitting these deadlines, mm -hmm. and I was just complaining a few months ago. You know, I, I think about my fellow doctoral classmates who are saying, oh, I'm taking a leave of absence to work on this dissertation. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I wish I could take a leave of absence. You know? Right. And then, voila. You know? And it's mm -hmm. just like, so, you know, just being intentional, being aware, being appreciative, being grateful, um, and realizing that you may be very well standing in your own way. Yes. You know, and I definitely want to be the individual that when this is over, I have done something to not only better myself personally, but I have done something to better myself professionally. Definitely, girl. I felt that in my bones, honey, because I remember <laughs> complaining, too, about a few things. But, I mean, I think this has this time has definitely put a lot of things in perspective about so much that we've taken for granted. Now, you mentioned the book. You are a published author. Tell me about the book. The book. Yes, yes. So, um, I have been working on this self-published manuscript. I know since like 2018. And I always found myself writing, put it down. I would write, I would put it down. Then I would say, I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to say. And then, um... I would always find myself, though, saying, I need, you need to finish that book. You need to finish that book. And so it has been completed, The Art of Family Child Care, The Ultimate Guide for Mastering Your Craft as a Family Child Care Educator and Entrepreneur. And so now I am, it is up for its final edit and reviews, and I am going to take one last look at it before it is ready to be on Sale. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Ana, so much. I appreciate that. That is a huge, huge accomplishment. After you take that final look, we'll all be able to dive in, right? Correct. And I am hoping that that is no later than this week. Like, I'm talking soon, in a few days. So, <laughs> right. so yes, that has definitely been a project um, that has manifested during this time. Wow, that is awesome. Congratulations, Angela. Now, I know that you are also sitting on the Advisory Council for Early Childhood at University of Memphis. Tell me about that. Yes, so actually I'm a part of three councils. Um, so I sit on the Early Childhood Advisory Council at the University of Memphis, um, Southwest Tennessee Community College, as well as I am on the Star Quality Council for the governor um, of Tennessee. So I have three different roles that I do there, um, all with the same goal and same focus of bettering the field of early childhood for Shelby County. Wow. That is a huge, huge, you know, membership to be in. Yes, especially as a family child care educator. Um, a lot of times representation it's from your more corporate-owned mm -hmm. child care programs or your centers. So to be um, to act to be actively involved or to sit on these different councils as a family child care educator, yes, I um, I do not take it you know lightly. Mm -hmm. I take my role seriously, and I am honored to be a part of these different councils. 
Oh, wow. Angela Jones, you got it going on, lady. And you are I'm definitely. Look, you do. To. You do. You do. I've been following you on social media for quite some time. And, you know, I, I think I even remember when you mentioned that you thought you wanted to be a lawyer for a second. I remember that, too. <laughs> like, I have been following your journey, and I'm so proud of your accomplishments. And like you said, with COVID-19 in effect, um, it's time to, you know, really go after some of these things that we've been putting to the side, right? Yeah, I know. It's, it's time to be prolific. It is time to execute. And, you know, and I know it's, it's been easily said lately. It's been cliche. But, you know, it is honestly, it's time to better yourself, mm -hmm. better than business, rebrand your business. Yeah. Um, Think about those projects you've been putting off, but yes, absolutely, it is time to execute so that when this is over, because this too shall pass, and when it is over, mm -hmm. you will be ready to blossom, blossom. Yes, yes. You know what they've been saying? Uh, I've been seeing a lot that a lot of millionaires are made in a big downturn like this so i really feel that in my bones like yes that's what's going on right now but you got to be prepared you have to be prepared 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 and i i just actually you know attended a, actually had to be face to face uh, we couldn't get around it um but we were all taking precautions we had our gloves and our masks on but i did i had to attend a meeting this morning um for my business in fact you know so that you know hey by the time this is over there are some things that i can go ahead and make a move on yes yes now angela jones how can everyone get in touch with you and see the wonderful work that you're doing Yes, so my business, um, I'm on Instagram, and so that is PP Academy, and my personal handle is Capricorn underscore AJ. Yes, well, thank you so much, Angela Jones, for being my guest today on the Verbally Effective Podcast. You are indeed amazing, lady. Thank you so much, Ina, for having me. I really, really do appreciate it. You have no idea. Thank you for allowing me to speak a little bit and share my story as a proud family child care educator business owner. Yes, ma'am. You're so welcome. You're so welcome.